Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. We're broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. It's the Tuesday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad you're with us. Whatever station you're tuned in on or online, welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Kella Bradford is the new Director of Player Development Operations for Southern Miss Baseball. He's going to be joining us at 140 this afternoon. We're about to talk to assistant uh, basketball coach Kyle Rome about the uh, Golden Eagle basketball upcoming trip and uh, what's occurring with that program as well. But first, we want to thank Dickie's Barbecue for their everyday support of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. And uh, we say it every day, but it's true. Great food, fresh, seven days a week. Cater any event for you, large or small. Many thanks to Dickie's Barbecue for all they do. Bob Kelly and Luke at the Southern Bank Course Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. And joining us now is assistant basketball coach Kyle Rome. And, uh, Coach, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for coming back today. Appreciate you having me. All right, Coach, I know you guys are, uh, you know, you're going through some pretty tough times right now. I, I saw, you know, I saw this on social media about the uh, games over the weekend, and it was a fan who had been at both games. And he said that what he took away from the games is that the guys played with total and complete energy and played as hard as they could play. I see the same thing when I watch the team play, so I know uh, I know it must be a frustrating time for all of you. You know, and, and that's appreciated uh, of you saying that. You know, I, I do think there was good things. You know, it's hard to say. You know, because ultimately our our drive is to is to uh, is to win. Uh, in particular, taking them one by one. I thought Thursday night was a. Uh, was a chance that our that our that our guys did play really hard. I thought, and you know, it's for the for the first time in a long time, uh, something we've been preaching on kind of came to came to fruition. And I thought we really did a good job of taking care of the ball. You know, uh, I think at halftime we had maybe two or three turnovers and finished the game. I think with eleven, which really gave us a chance. We were active with you know with some steals and deflections. Uh, but the stat that got us is. You know, uh, offensive rebounds and, mm-hmm. and 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 gave uh, North Texas a lot of second opportunities. But I thought we did play hard. We, you know, was deep into the game. And North Texas is, is sneaky good, Bob, really good, and uh, we'll, we'll be good at the end of the season, also. So, you know, I thought we did make some improvements there, and then obviously a quick turnaround and <clears throat> play Rice, the best the best uh, offensive shooting team in our league. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and did good. It just, you know, at, at times it just, we, you know, we had one of those stretches that's kind of plagued us a little bit, uh, since the Tay Hardy injury where we had just the long droughts without scoring from the perimeter and it, and, and it hurt us and we just couldn't, we just couldn't overcome it. But I do think, I do think we're playing hard. There's still a lot of response there with our guys and, you know, will to do what we have to do to win. So, you know, as, as long as you have that, I think we're, I think we're plowing into it and, and making progress. Coach, on the first half of both of those games, you guys were were right there. 
Um, yeah, and the rebounding bulge, North Texas almost out rebounded us what three to one nearly. Uh, and I don't know anybody yeah. that you know, I don't know anybody that can that can overcome that. Even though the turnovers were were much much better for your team, but in the second half of both games, both uh, North Texas and Rice pulled away. Are they getting? Were, were the other teams getting into our legs a little bit in the second half? Kelly, I think you know. I think that's that's a good a good observation. I, I do think at times with some of the some of uh, uh, depth does become a a, 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 a kind of a, a key. I think uh, you know, obviously, uh, we our our uh, kind of our top production guys are at this point very high minute guys, and you know, if you look at kind of what we what we did in the first half, we <clears throat> we don't really have the opportunity to kind of manage the the clock probably like we need to a little bit in terms of uh you know maybe getting those guys a little bit of a break in the first half because we have to kind of take take it deeper into this deep into the game as we can to to where we can kind of shorten it and play a four-minute game from that last media on so so some of those guys in particular are probably referring to Tyler Stevenson obviously uh you know could get uh could probably could probably wear down a little bit and obviously legs are a big part of it but I could see where that would be a factor. Yeah, it really could. Do, do you still, to this day, I have thought, you know, as an outsider looking in, obviously, as a guy who's never coached a basketball game, I thought that the Middle Tennessee first half game in Murfreesboro was probably the best half you guys played. Is is that reasonable? I think that's a great, I think that's, I would say that would be, I would agree with that. Okay. that, that you know, in terms of being uh, our best game, in terms of us making shots and, and defensively uh, creating stops and, and actually getting offense out of our defense and and those type of things. I think it was really good, really really good start. And uh, you know we, we we finished and and then uh, you know just at, at that point kind of really just it was almost kind of the same play out as North Texas Kelly. It just kind of kind of got some got some second chance points on offensive rebounds and we had some critical turnovers in that game that kind of tilted the edge and we couldn't we couldn't overcome it. Look, get in here with uh, Coach Rome. Coach, uh, on Saturday, you did phenomenal in the turnover, uh, only seven uh, against Rice. Uh, Pierre with 29 points, and then Isaiah Moore, of course he played Thursday, but 21 points out of him as, as he uh, gets back. Talk about that and talk about uh, what Pierre had going for him on Saturday. Well, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier when either Bob or Kelly's question, I had mentioned, Luke, about, you know, we, we struggle uh, at times to score from the perimeter. Um uh, and uh, you know we've had we've had Rashad Bolden have really good games. We've had uh, different different guys, Mo Arnold and uh, perimeter guys that have that have had some games. <clears throat> but Jerron uh, uh, had kind of had some games there where we really needed him to kind of have some production, and 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 he did that. Now uh, that and that helped. And uh, against uh, as you mentioned against Rice, we did a really good job in the turnover category, and and Jerron making shots in particular kind of. I think kept us in it for a while uh, in terms of in terms of us matching their offense because I mentioned them being really really prolific scores from you know the way they the way they score the ball and then you mentioned Isaiah Moore being back I think that hits on on Kelly's question a little bit I think what Isaiah provides is uh, obviously what he is he's long he's athletic uh, he's a guy that can score it and in particular it just gives us another man you know to kind of to kind of rotate through and uh, and kind of give us a chance to have a little variety of matchups and different different avenues for production and, and depth. So I, I think all in all, it's, it was it was good for us to have everybody the way we had them during Rice. 
Yeah, coming up now, three-game uh, road schedule this Thursday. You're down in Miami. You stay down there. You uh, play FAU on after FIU on Thursday. You take on FAU and Boca on Saturday, and then uh, UAB uh, a week from this Thursday. Uh, sometimes you don't get three-game road uh, schedules like this. What's going to be the key for these upcoming three games, particularly the first two in Florida? You know, I think a little bit of it is what we, a little bit of it is what we is what we just talked about. Um, uh, you know, we'll have to kind of protect the ball, be good with be good with uh, turnovers, do the things that went on the road, really defend, and uh, you know, do our best to give to the game to where the game will give us a little bit, and we make some shots. Um, you know, to to over to overcome kind of some of those deep droughts we've had on the road, and you know, some ways we can uh, get to that is kind of teach our team to kind of get to the free throw line, break up those a little bit, and we've been preaching on that. So we've got to take winning a winning mindset to these road games. Um, obviously, we'll play a pair together and then travel to UAB independently. So it, it is it is a unique situation to, to play those three, but hey, it's basketball and it's, it's what we love to do and it's a great opportunity for us to kind of continue to get better and get out and compete against teams in our league and, and see where we are. No excuses, of course, Coach, but we were talking to Tim Floyd yesterday and he was talking about the importance of guard play in college basketball. You suffered just a, a brutal injury, uh, you know, when you lost uh, Hardy. And uh, that's uh, – there's no question that's had an effect on the team. Is that fair to say? I think it's very fair to say and agree with Coach Floyd. You know, guards guards play uh, – guards in, in, in college basketball are a huge, huge, um, uh, you know, indicator of, of, of success and, um, you know, kind of give you, give you a chance to – to do well in that regard, it's not a do all or, or a must, but but it definitely just gives you advantage. For example, you know I, I think we have re- some some really good forwards. Like if you were to name three or four of our guys, I mean at one point, and obviously the stats could change a little bit, but at one point last week we had the second and the ninth um, rebounder in Conference USA, and and uh, and Tyler Stevenson and DeAndre Pinkney, and then you mentioned adding back Isaiah Moore, and then you talk about Tyler Mormon and. Harris, you know those are really good forwards, and then but with you take Tay out of that mix, and you know you've got some some young freshmen learning their way um, and doing a fabulous job, and sophomore that's probably on everybody's uh, target list in terms of scouting report with Jerron, and kind of those perimeter perimeter scoring has has, has been hard to come by this year, and you can and, and even to the point of not just scoring we can talk about, but even to the point of our turnovers that have plagued us early in the year and just and just learning how to how to handle things. So I definitely, uh, who am I to argue with Coach Floyd, but I, I, I'm not just saying this as Coach Talk, but I definitely agree with him. Guards make a lot of difference in our game, and in particular I think it's a great example with our team how, how guard play has kind of has kind of hurt us a little bit. We appreciate your time, Coach. We're behind you 100% on this show, and we look forward to watching you guys this weekend. Appreciate you as always. Thanks. Kyle Rohn, everybody. Assistant basketball coach at Southern Miss. Going to introduce a new segment. Uh, Kelly's got an interesting idea we're going to discuss on the other side of the break, and it pertains to Southern Miss basketball. Then we're going to switch gears to baseball. Later in the show, Keller Bradford joins us as the Eagle Hour rolls along on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
second segment of the Eagle Hour sponsored every day by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net on Hardy Street. Miss Kathleen and her crew have the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere on the planet. You can shop them six days a week on Hardy Street. You can uh, go online to campusbookmark.net. I want to thank basketball coach Kyle Rohn for joining us. These guys have been here every single week, whether uh, no matter how bad it gets, uh, they show up and they talk to us, and we're grateful for that. And you know, we like everybody else. We we see what's going on on social media, and look, fans are entitled to do whatever they like, and fans are entitled to say whatever they like. You know, if you pay to support a ball team, you're a fan. You can like it or dislike it, but. Uh, Kelly came up uh, with something we're going to discuss, and it's it's about the basketball coach, Jay Ladner. We, we see on social media how some are calling for his head and some want to see him gone. But, Kelly, uh, give us a little insight into where Jay Ladner is right now. Very good, Bob. You know, before Coach Ladner came back to, to Southern Miss, he was at Southeastern Louisiana. And when you, when you chronicle his years at Southeastern Louisiana, which were from 2014 – to when he got hired at Southern Miss in 2019. The first year in Hammond, his team was 9-23 and overall. He won nine games last year at, at Southern Miss, or the first, year, the first year he was at Southern Miss. In 2015 and 16, the team improved from 9-23 and to 12-21. and Almost exact same situation, young team that he was having to rebuild from the ground up. The third year he was at Southeastern, which was 2016-2017. The team went from 12-21 and 21 to 16-16. and 16. Improvements all three years. The fourth year, he was at Southeastern, which was 2017-2018. The team improved from 16-16 and 16 to 22-12 and 12 with a conference championship. The conference records in the Southland at the time his first year, the Lions went 6-12. and 12. Second and third year, they went 9-9. Nine and nine. The fourth year, when they won the conference, they went 15-3. and three. Improvements every single year along the way. Some of the teams that he had to play, he and his Lion teams had to play non-con, non-conference, in order to get the paychecks in no particular order, were Louisville, Iowa, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, <laughs> Gonzaga, Central Florida, TCU, Texas A&M, Cincinnati, wow. Nebraska, California, Notre Dame, LSU, and Texas Tech. All those teams are legitimate except Louisville. Right. Louisville Because this now. is a Southern Miss show. Right, right. right. Well, now. but and there's a caveat to you, you, the the progress is noted, and people are going to say, "Well, he had made that progress," but there's a caveat, and that is the COVID year, and you just can't overlook what an effect that had on trying to continue the rebuilding process. And, and I know that there are some that say that he hasn't seen that we haven't seen that record progress at Southern Miss. The point I'm trying to make is that everything at Southeastern came to a head that fourth year. Everything came together that fourth year. This is only Coach Ladner's third year. No seniors on the team, right? You're starting all juniors and freshmen. So for those of you that are, you know, on Coach Ladner's back and, and calling for, of course, they'd call for change, you know, whoever. At, Jeff Bauer. Next, there's one example. Next year, 
would be a more telling sign, I think, as to where the Southern Miss basketball program is. And it's it's not that it hasn't been done before. There are the numbers. The fourth year, and what Coach Ladner has always said, that fourth year, and it, it happened at southeastern Louisiana. There's no reason to think that it can't happen year. But next year, I think, will be the, the telling year. Luke? Yeah, I mean, you, you don't argue with history. Uh, it's... I think a lot of people don't realize what the situation was like. And there's a reason why Doc Sadler left the head coaching gig to go back to Nebraska as an assistant head coach. And part of that was the roster turnover. And you go back and you lose. You look at the guys that you lost. You lost a, a tremendous point guard. You lost a tremendous shooter. And it was starting from, from the ground up. And uh, so when you get in, you're obviously not going to be good your first year, and then you've been dealing with the pandemic since. You've been dealing with with where you couldn't even, you know, recruit people. Um, you, you couldn't even have them on campus. I, I guess you you look at the last two losses, and you look at the last two losses as like halves. It's thirty two twenty eight against a, a thirteen and four North Texas team at halftime on Thursday uh, against Rice. It was 42-36 at half, and both of those they just have been they've just got beaten in the second half. So, I guess the general observation from every a lot of fans you talk to is that where is the improvement? And it's kind of the same thing from last year. There's pieces. There's just some of the chemistry is lacking. I, I am by by nature biased towards Southern Miss people. It's just what I am. Call me a homer or whatever. I just I think we take care of our own really well. There comes a point where you have to deliver, and I think because this is more of a normal year, and injuries are part of a normal year. Tay Hardy getting hurt doesn't uh, is 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 an exception because he's one of your top players. But Kelly, like like what you said. Next year will be the telling year because there will be there will basically be back to back normal years, and so uh, I, I think another thing people aren't aren't discussing is if the Sun Belt goes through. So just being objective here, do you carry three losing seasons into the momentum of a new conference, or you know would people be be wanting? You know, new blood in that. I'm not suggesting one or the other. I'm just simply saying that has to figure in somewhere if the conference becomes a reality next year. Agree? Disagree? Well, I I don't agree, and and I'll tell you why. I, I it, to me, it doesn't matter that you're going into a new conference. You've got you hire a man. You've got to give the man an adequate amount of time to do what you hired him to do. And so whether you're playing Sunbelt teams or whether you're playing Conference USA teams, you've got to give the man a legitimate amount of time to accomplish what I you to- hired him to do. I totally agree with that. What the, the point I'm making is there is a sentiment within the Southern Miss fan base that says if we are starting over get, as a yeah, conference – start over with leadership. Well, yeah. And I'm not advocating for one or the other. I'm just simply saying that is, and, and Kelly, you can speak to it too, that is a dynamic that may force a decision one way or the other earlier than what you would think. Because if they announce in a couple weeks that you know we're full steam ahead on the Sun Belt, because we've been kind of saying probably you know later this month, then that is going to kind of speed up what you might have to do, not just – with with basketball, but other 
decisions that you've got to make. So the best thing that this staff can do, I mean, here's the thing. The the nine-point loss isn't bad to North Texas, okay, particularly because you were in the game until late. And you improved against Rice only seven turnovers, which is by far one of the lowest of the year. But every double-digit loss that that happens, those cries are going to become longer or, or louder. And I, there, there's some truth to that. I mean, and I think Coach Ladder would be one of the first ones to tell you. He's like, we got to win basketball games. So there is a real dynamic that they have to try to win a couple of these down the stretch, and they have to play tighter in games. And and that's that will be the goal, obviously, as Kyle Rome as Kyle Rome just said. But going back to, and and I agree with you that injuries are a, a part of any game, right? Part of the reason the Bengals and Rams are going to the Super Bowl is their teams are healthy, you know, by and large. Uh, a lot of teams that are great football teams don't ever get that opportunity because their studs, you know, are hurt. But you can't deny what the injury to Tay Hardy meant. Remember sure. at that tournament, the at that tournament, the Eagles were over five hundred. They had a winning record early in the year when when Tay Hardy was in the lineup. He they were on the verge of winning the tournament. Right. And and he gets hurt and, and of course that, that is part of it. The point that I'm trying to make in defense of Jay Ladner is that when you look at his coaching resume, the fourth year always seems to be the turnaround year for him. All right. It, it was that case at Southeastern Louisiana. And for those people that want to pull the plug on Coach Ladner now and his coaching staff, I think you're premature. I think you've, you've got to wait at least one more year and Sunbelt or no Sunbelt. And the other thing you have to ask yourself is we should probably thank Jay Ladner for taking the job when he did. To Luke's point about how empty the cupboards were mm. when Doc Sadler left. Doc didn't want to stick around. No, he sure didn't. And lots of times, coaches leave or, air quotes, retire when they find out there's nothing left in the talent cupboard. Right. Right? So, and also Luke said that Coach Ladner and his staff understand that. They do. But three years is not the time. All right. All right. Well, great segment. Uh, we're going to talk baseball in the next segment. Keller Bradford is going to join us uh, in the last segment. I do want to save a little time. I know Luke is uh, personally a, a friend of Austin Davis, and we've all met him. He's been on the show a lot. He's a great – he's an outstanding young man. And he just stepped down rather shockingly as the offensive coordinator at Auburn, which is a big-time college coaching job. And we'll get Luke's insight into as to what may be uh, working in the minds of Austin Davis. A great Golden Eagle. Eagle Hour continues. To the Eagle Hour. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday. Thanks you for tagging along with us, Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Bancor Studios in Laurel. In Hattiesburg, Eagle Hour always live one to two every day on your Super Talk Mississippi Network Station, as well as a world podcast form on demand, supertalk.fm and 
You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by 4th Street, located just across Highway 49 from the University of Southern Mississippi. Go ahead and make your Super Bowl plans. Hang out with the people at 4th Street. All right, Keller Bradford, Director of Player Development and Operations for Southern Miss Baseball. And uh, Keller joins us now. So rumor on the street is they were testing out these new LED lights and flashing them, and so you just stepped up to the plate and hit like a bomb off Tyler Stewart, Keller, and uh, just kind of broke in the lights. Any truth to that? Well, he threw me an EFIS pitch, so it was only about 50 miles an hour. That, that's the only way I could make contact with it. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? How's uh, how's the spring going for you? Less than uh, what three or two weeks this this coming Friday? How's everything? Yeah, everything's been everything's been great. I mean, we're just uh, looking forward to it over here. That's all we can think about, obviously. And uh, hit, hit the ground rolling this past weekend with our official practice date. Start scrimmaging and uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to the guys getting better every single day and uh, season getting here. Now we we're joking about you hitting bombs. Do uh, do you ever get to pitch, uh, throw BP to any of the guys? I'll throw BP every now and again. Uh, we've got you know uh, Coach Creel and uh, Coach Brewer and our graduate assistant uh, Brand Jones, and they throw a ton of the BP. Brand Jones throws BP almost every day; it's pretty good. So I don't have to. Uh, will I'll jump in there every now and again, but it's not so great over the top. So. Yeah, there you go. Bob. Keller, uh, we're glad you came back home, and I, I know you, you pitched here for the Golden Eagles and uh, helped them win one of their many conference championships uh, after uh, coaching at Hines and uh, Mississippi Delta. And I know that your your family has a lot of Southern Miss connections. Your thoughts uh, of, of being back and, and go back to when uh, Coach Barry offered you the job. Uh, how you, you know, what, what was it that made you decide uh, you know, to, to come back to Southern Miss? I mean, this was the two years I spent here were obviously the best two years of my college, uh, my college career. And I just knew, you know, as soon as I talked to Coach Barry about it, whenever I knew that Colin was uh, leaving, I knew this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to find a way to get back here. Uh, This is, I mean, I grew up in Raymond and and spent, you know, most of my life there. And uh, that's home to me. But this is about as close as it gets to being home number two. So, You you said something to me the other afternoon that really caught my attention. You said when you played here, you knew there was a lot of passion for Southern Miss baseball. But when you basically part of your job is to oversee the dugout club and fundraising for the dugout club, that you didn't realize how much passion there was until you took over the dugout club. Oh, that's absolutely true. I mean, it's, it's easy to see the fans come into the ball game, and uh, you look up in the stands, they're there, and they're yelling and screaming. But whenever it comes down to it, um, you know, whenever people want to give money to the program, whenever they want to support the program, support the players, support the coaches, whatever it may be, that's what means the most. And to me, that's where the passion comes from, is whenever uh, you're starting to dig into, yeah, you have people's time at the game, but whenever you're, you know, they're giving them money, um, that, that's what it means. That's what means a lot to me from this side of it now. And Keller, I, this is uh, Sander. I, w- I was going to ask you, you know, a lot of people will say, that they that they want to be the studs, they want everybody you know coming after them. They want to be the hunted. Not me. I'd, I'd rather be the hunter. You know, where very, right. where very little is expected. <laughs> Maybe that's being a right. Bengals fan all these years. You know, expecting right. so little. But clearly, you guys are the hunted now. Is there a downside to being the hunted? 
I don't think so, because uh, I think that it makes you better in the end, obviously, because you see everybody's best. You get everybody's best effort, and you get to learn from, from that. Whenever you, I've been on those teams before, um, not here, but you know, you know, at, at different points in time in my life where you were always hunting. You know, you, you weren't seeing the best teams best, and all you were you were just scrapping for more, for more, for more. And uh, and when you when you fall short, it's a really tough feeling. But but for us, where we're hunting or we're the hunted, uh, we see the best of the best every single time. And uh, so whenever you get to the end of the season, whenever it matters the most in the playoffs, you're ready for it. Because of your age, you know, you're kind of a millennial, I guess, and I'm not trying to make fun, but I'm just saying you're a millennial. Coach Barry obviously is not. There is a different (laughs) mindset, is there not, to to young baseball players today as opposed to 20 or 30 years ago? And how might your status as a younger person be able to help Coach Barry in dealing with these younger players? Well, I mean, first of all, Coach Barry is second to none when it comes to his relationships with the players and the staff around him. So I don't know that there's a whole lot that I can help Coach Barry with from that regard, uh, but there's definitely a huge difference in uh, just the type of kid that is coming through playing college baseball in uh, 2022 than there was, you know, even in 2002, even in 2012. Um, you know, with social media and everything like that, there's so much more out there for them to soak in, to learn, to see from other programs, uh, for as far as the recruiting goes, and in all of those regards, you see everything now. When, when even 10, 20 years ago, for sure, you really only saw what was local to you. And uh, that just really changes it for everybody. You've got guys like we have guys from, from Minnesota, it seems like, every single year. Well, those guys 20 years ago would never come down to Southern Miss. They wouldn't even know it existed, you know? You know, Kelly, I was out there Saturday, watched the practice game Saturday, and uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the show, but... There's a lot of talent on this baseball team. They almost looked interchangeable. I mean, everybody that was on the field could play at a very high level. I think one of the challenges with a team this talented is going to be to keep all these talented players happy throughout the season. Am I right about that? Absolutely. But uh, there's an old saying, and I mean, win- winning cures everything. So I don't, I don't think it matters much what the, what the combination is. As long as we're winning ball games. I think that we're going to have – a happy team with some really, really good team chemistry. Well, one thing, too, is it's a good thing there's a lot of talent on the team, Keller, because the schedule is killer. The schedule is killer. What are you, What's your thoughts about that? You're right about that. But that, I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about seeing everybody's best. Uh, we're going to be playing some teams throughout the year that are definitely regional, regional caliber teams, but also some super regional caliber teams. And I think that's just going to prepare us for whenever we get to, you know, hopefully get to that regional, hopefully get to that conference championship game, and even the super regional. Um, you know, I think we're going to be better prepared uh, to be able to be acclimated to face that type of uh, competition. Now, Keller, I don't, I don't mean to, I, I know nothing about recruiting, but I do have a tip, particularly when recruiting Minnesota guys. Right. Are you all ears? Right, I'm here. All right, text them every day a weather forecast. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. You're right about that. You're right about that. They, they, so Ryan, Ryan Ox is obviously from Minnesota. I think he's just about moved down here full time because of the weather. And uh, Matt Walner, the same thing. So Yeah, the, the last time it. we saw you at the golf tournament, we were freezing, and the Minnesota guys were just like in shorts and t shirts. Balmy 38 degrees. <laughs> yeah. 
You're right. Yeah, they yeah, wouldn't. Even, they wouldn't even care what the record right. was. Oh, I'll, sure, I'll sign. I'm coming. Hey, I, I, I know you wanted to speak for just a moment. I promised you the time to talk to people about the importance of the Dugout Club and how people can uh, can become members, Keller. Yeah. So, really, we have a, a brochure that really details just about everything that you really want to know about what the Dot Club does and what it means to be a part of that for us as a program and uh, for the members. And uh, that brochure, uh, obviously, I have an email. I can email it to people. It's on our athletic website, and then I have some uh, actual physical copies in the office as well. Um, and so, you know, once you join the Dugout Club, there's there's four different options. Um, you have the single, double. There's actually five different options: single, double, triple, home run, and grand slam. Obviously, they all go up in price. But one of the cool things about being a part of the Dugout Club is that you're actually getting the gear. That, uh, that the baseball team and baseball coaches and our baseball program get. So, uh, so as you move up and you get to the level where you get, you know, a hat, a visor, and a uh, polo, like a golf polo, it's actually the same golf polo that we get, that we travel in. And then the next level up is a, uh, is a pullover, which is the same pullover that we get that we travel in whenever we go on the road. And so uh, that's, that's a really cool part of it that you're getting that gear uh, that we get as a baseball program, but the, but the huge part for us uh, as a program is that it really does the Doug Club does a ton to off, offset some costs uh, that we don't have built into our budget. So we have a nutritional center in our locker room now uh, that our guys come in and they can do everything from smoothies to sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly, snacks here, snacks there, grits in the morning, oatmeal in the morning, and it's huge for our guys. That need that fourth, that fifth, sometimes that sixth meal a day, to because they're burning so many calories during, throughout the day with workouts and practice, and um, and the Duck Club is pretty much a hundred percent sponsor of that. I, I, is that where a ton of that goes? Well, I, now now we know why they're so big. They're big, right. You're right about that. <laughs> and, and I can imagine the Minnesota guys walking into the nutrition center looking at the grits going, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, maybe they'll stay away from that. They're oatmeal guys. Yeah. Keller, we really appreciate your time. We're really glad to have you back in the baseball program, and uh, we can't wait for opening day. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate right. it. Keller Bradford, everybody. Delightful young man. I spent some time out at the Pete the other day talking to him. And uh, Kelly, have you ever been to a uh, nutrition bar? Uh, can't I've been to a bar not can't it wasn't very nutritious so I will say that Southern Miss to the top. Good times with Keller Bradford, former Southern Miss baseball player, now the director of personnel and operations for Southern Miss baseball. Only 17 days, Keller. 1-7. 17 days. That was actually a pretty good number in Southern Miss football. Anyway, 17 days until North Alabama comes to town. We will be there on Friday, February 18th at the Pete. First pitch set for 4 p.m. Saturday, 2 p.m. Sunday, 1 p.m. Wait, 17. Wasn't that your Wasn't that your time at the uh, at D1 in the 40? Was that is that when you said 17? No, 17 was actually uh, my number for uh, for four years at for Southern Miss football, Bob. <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah, I was, I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, it, 
ladies and gentlemen, there's um, what's it called, Kelly? When you start forgetting things, senile dementia, senile dementia. That's me. Anyway, what was it? Yeah, all of us in the Southern Bancor Studios, Luke, Bob, and Kelly, and Laurel, and Hattiesburg. Hey, couple a couple things to know about. A new script uh, has uh, been created for baseball and softball. The word Southern Miss, you can go to southernmiss.com and see it on uh, some baseball and softball jerseys. It will be exclusive for only softball and baseball. Uh, But Brad Smith, Senior Associate Athletic Director of External Operations, said today, this new script, Southern Miss Wordmark, will help to increase our brand recognition and features a timeless and versatile look for officially licensed merchandise and on uniforms for our student-athletes. They will be, in some form or fashion, this spring. So good stuff there. Uh, Kelly is ex- extremely excited today. He was giddy over the weekend, obviously, uh, yeah. with the Bengals winning. But something even greater than the Bengals winning the AFC Championship happened. Tom Brady has officially retired. The GOAT. The GOAT, Kelly. The yes. undisputed GOAT. Who's been put out to pasture. Yeah, to go ahead and admit it, Kelly. You admitted to me today you really have not hated Tom Brady through all these years. It was what? Jealousy. You're just jealous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm jealous. That guy's never had a bump in his road his entire life. Are you no, kidding? No, he's not going to have any now. No. He actually has. Have you ever watched Man in the Arena? He actually has had a, a few of them. We can all agree with this, though, right? He he retires as, I think, the greatest quarterback ever played a game. No, nobody could. And, and you know, unlike and – I, and I watch this because he, he had a lot of family in Greenville. And believe it or not – Jerry Rice was a pretty common sight in Greenville. He was the, probably the greatest wide receiver of all time. But he played past his prime. And toward the end of his career, he just was not what he was at the height of his career. I think you got to give kudos to Brady. He walks out the king of the mountain. And not everybody has the ability to do that. He's, uh, he's fifth all time. Behind Brett Favre, Brett Favre, Brett Favre, and Brett Favre. So, in what uh, category? Greatness. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Great. <laughs> Look, I'm saying this, Bob, in case Brett is listening. Maybe he'll come on the show well, one day. Maybe, okay, yeah. let me do my okay, thing. Okay, all right, and maybe Brady will too. Seven times. Maybe no, we could get him the same day. Bye, bye, goat. <laughs> hey. Coach, Coach Barr and Coach Hawkins can get Brady if anybody can, okay? The guys that they have. Yeah, that, that'll be about room. right, yeah. But uh, we, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, yesterday, some surprising news uh, within Southern Miss and as well as the Southeastern Conference. Austin Davis, former Southern Miss quarterback that has been the quarterback coach for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, was named the, the offensive coordinator at Auburn about six weeks ago. And he was uh, yesterday. He announced that he was resigning as offensive coordinator for quote personal reasons. Brian Harson, head coach at Auburn, uh, announced this yesterday. The statement from Austin quote: "The last week has been difficult for me as I've made the decision to step away from coaching football. Auburn University and Coach Harson have been tremendous through this whole process. I'm grateful for the opportunity that was presented to me from a coaching standpoint, and equally as important, the way Coach Harson has handled my current situation. My decision to resign is 100." based on personal reasons after more than a decade in the nfl with a daily grind as a player and coach i've realized how much i miss my family and my desire to spend more time with them while i need to step away from coaching i can't say enough about the first class way i was welcomed into auburn so austin davis stepping away and it seems as if uh 
maybe just uh, been around football and and wants to try something else with his life after being around it for so long. It's a grind, man. I mean, it's uh, you know, my wife asked me the other day. There was a. Uh, San Francisco player at the end of the game sitting on the bench crying. She says, why is he crying? I said, because they started back in July. I mean, it's a terrible, terrible grind. And, uh, you know, suddenly it comes to an end. So I can kind of understand a young man as bright and articulate and successful as Austin Davis may not want to spend 60 hours every week working. But I think you're seeing, and, and what we were, what I was talking with Keller Bradford about earlier, I think you're seeing with these younger new age coaches, we've used that term new age coaches, that they seem to have a better grasp on on things that are more personally relevant. They're right. ma- they're making enough money, right? right? And chances are their wives are making a good living, right? Which right. Bob, back when we came up, wives rarely worked outside the house. It was a right. difficult That's job, right. but the men were really the providers. So money isn't as big a deal, perhaps, with some of these guys. And they are realizing getting to spend time with their kids. There's only going to be dance recitals so long. That's right. There's only going to be Little League games so long. So good for him if that's the reason. And it goes without saying, we wish Austin Davis nothing but a thousand percent success in everything that he does moving forward. All right, Kelly and Luke will have the show tomorrow. Patrick will be joining them uh, from the NOLA.com publication. And Luke will be out Thursday, and Kelly and I will be back with a very interesting show. I'm going to have a lot to say when I get back Thursday, Santa. <laughs> we'll have to tell them tomorrow what that's about. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.